we're here! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome finally to the century of episodes of the Moore's Health Podcast. Yes, that is right. Welcome to the 100th episode of this podcast series. A massive thank you for joining me. If you have joined me for all 100, you poor sod. <laughs> apologize you must be sick of the sound of my voice um and if you're just joining me for the first time then hopefully this one will be informative because this time around we are doing something different first things first not only are we going to be touching on our usual bout of uh you know informative hopefully content um but i asked you guys to ask me questions i asked you to submit your entries for this podcast uh so that we can discuss some of them funny, some of them informative, but either way, we are going to dig into them right now to make sure that we've got a podcast which is hopefully entertaining for whatever you're up to, be that walking, driving, doing the housework, DIY, or whatever's going on around the home. Uh, so hello if I'm on a speaker to anybody else that's listening. And without further ado, let's dig in to this 100th episode. So here we go. We find ourselves at the tail end of 2022, a very, very interesting year uh, from my side of things. You guys have borne witness to a lot of things that we've gone through this year, a lot of things that I've mused upon. Uh, it's crazy to think, actually, that this podcast has actually been going for two years now, started in the midst of lockdown in March of 2020. Uh, so if you've been listening since then, like I said, a massive thank you. But it really has been one hell of a year. And definitely, I would say, quite a transformative year for me. Had a, quite a tricky end, psychologically. Um, but overall, I'd say it's been a pretty huge year as far as my own personal development. This has been really the year that everything that I've kind of been feeling over the past few years has come to come to fruition. This has been the year where I've really taken action as far as the fucks in which I give. And I guess there's been a lot of changes in my life, which, you know, people would argue haven't necessarily all been good from the outside. But for me personally, they've been realizations and changes and conversations that I've needed to make and have. Because ultimately, I'm the only person living in my own head. And I'm the only person that cares about my own morals and integrity. And I guess when you get to the stage of life that I'm at, it's not just you that relies upon, you know, your perception of the world and how you approach it, but there's examples you have to set for the next generation as well. And there's a lot of things that I've gone through, which I would never in a million years want my children to go through. And so because of that, it's why I am so and have been so adamant about making these changes stick, about my attitude towards the world, my... I guess, commitment to becoming more stoic in nature and to really picking and choosing what I have around me, the people, the influences and the environments, why it's been incredibly key, not just for myself, but for my children too. I want to teach them to take charge of their own worlds and to make sure that they don't just accept things because they are, accept things because or accept themselves because that's the roles that they've always played but to truly consider how they live their lives. Because here's something for you to think about. I went shopping with my nana granddad the other day. 
they're in their mid 80s and was having a conversation with my granddad and I asked him what his mum and dad's names were and through having this conversation it then kind of led down a rabbit hole and we came to the realization essentially that you only really last two generations three at most what I mean by that is I don't know because I haven't met and also because of that has led me to not even know the names of my granddad's mum and dad in other words my great grandparents and in some cases we're lucky enough to know our great grandparents for example my triplets know my nan and granddad and therefore they've got those you know three yeah three levels of uh of lineage of family um but no further and so I think the realization and something which kind of was quite apparent to me is that ultimately what I do only matters in the here and now and briefly afterwards. Because how many of my great grandparents' traits have I got? It's very, very difficult to know with how much the, the genes are watered down as you get three generations deep. And so... The thing I want you all to consider is that you will be forgotten within three generations. Your kids will know you and remember you. Your grandkids will hopefully know you and remember you. And if you're lucky, your great grandkids, and I guess that all depends on kid timing, will know you. But after that, you'll be lucky if they even know your name. Now, to think about that in the grand scheme of things, it's quite morbid. But actually, I would encourage you to flip it on its head and think about it from a perspective of that essentially means that what you do and what you pass down in terms of the way that you approach the world and your own conduct as far as your integrity and values is what's important. Because we are going to be forgotten. No, no matter how important I feel in my own story right now, come th three generations time, it makes no difference. My children's grandchildren won't have, a, won't have a clue who I am, won't have a clue what I stood for. So my legacy ultimately is my children and their legacy is ultimately their children. And yes, I'm well aware about making your mark on the world, but let's keep this small because very few of us will make a biblical mark on the world where the world will remember us. 99.999% of us will be forgotten. And the only people that we will have mattered to is the people that we directly affect around us. But ultimately, what actually matters in the immediacy is how we feel because the life in which we're in we don't know what happens afterwards we could be re reincarnated we could be worm food who knows and so what we actually need to consider is our own happiness and contentment what we really need to think about is how we feel day to day in our lives i don't want to say living in the moment but in a way that's kind of exactly what i mean because if we're always focused on tomorrow, if we're always focused on next week or next year or later in life, etc., then we're kind of missing the point. The journey, be that the good and the bad and the ugly, is actually what this is all about.
because your journey is only going to be significant to you and the next one, maybe two generations. After that, your influence is null and void. So something to really think about going forwards in terms of the way that you approach the world, in terms of, you know, being careful or being, you know, cautious of sticking tight to your values and what you want for your life because you're the only person that is ever going to live it and ultimately do you really want to reach the end of your days having not not only left those lessons behind of of being you know having strong values and good integrity because ultimately this life is just for you and then all you're going to leave behind is is the lessons and the memories that you leave with the next generation. But within a few generations, that in, that in itself will be watered down. So, like I said, something to chew on at the beginning of this 100th episode. But let's lighten the mood a little bit. Now that we've got a little bit deep as far as our own reflection upon our own existence and the way in which we approach our lives and why it is so important that not only we hold ourselves to a higher standard and we achieve the best that we can for ourselves because ultimately all the skills that we have are eventually wasted anyway it's not a case of what's the point ultimately it's a case of do it because that's what we're here to do to maximize the years of which we have on this earth but like I said, let's dig into the next part. And one of the things that I asked people to send me over was things like would you rather. So I'm going to dig into the first one now. I'm not doing these kind of, you know, entries or messages in any particular order, just basically as and when they were sent. So the first one from Ribena on Instagram is would you rather go without sugary snacks or salty snacks for the rest of your life. Well, to be honest, this one's a bit of personal preference, isn't it? Um, there's a place for both, is, is there not? Now, you're talking about snacks specifically, not talking about savoury meals, sweet meals, etc. So I think, ultimately, if I had to choose, I could ditch the salty snacks because my meals would take care of the savoury. So I'm going to go, yeah, keep the sugary stuff. Lord knows I love a party ring. Next up. Would I rather go into the past and meet my ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? Now, given what I've already touched on at the beginning of this podcast, that, that one is interesting. Because as interesting as it would be to meet ancestors, I think ultimately you wouldn't feel like you're meeting family. You'd just feel like you were meeting people. You know, think about when you've gone to a wedding or where you've kind of, you know, gone to an extended family event and there's your great uncles and etc. there. You know, yes, they're your family. Yes, you know that you share the same blood, but ultimately, you know, there's a bit of a lost connection there. It doesn't ultimately matter. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I think ultimately, I think I'd rather meet my great, great grandchildren because I think that would be far more interesting. Firstly, because, you know, let's face it, you're going forwards into the future. That'd be really interesting. While you're there, you could find out some sporting results, maybe find out some stock market results and come back in time and, uh, you know, play some bets. But putting that to one side, I think, as I said in the beginning, influence is key. And I think that as much as I spoke about your influence dries up within three generations, if I could go forwards and meet six or five or six generations down the line, then, yeah, I would love to do that because that would give hopefully a little bit of perspective both ways in terms of how did things pan out, you know? 
Next one. Is exercising on an empty stomach good or bad? Um, it's personal preference. Um, it can be both good and bad. Let me give you some examples. If you have a full, full stomach, as I did when I went and did squats the other day after consuming a pizza at lunchtime, you're going to feel quite sick. Uh, so eating in on a full stomach or training on a full stomach in that situation, yeah, not a good thing. Um, I personally train fasted in the morning because I'm not hungry first thing. Um, and most of the time, to be honest, I train fast, fasted. But then when I tend to train later in the day, like 10, 11 o'clock, I've usually had something beforehand. So I go back to what I said in the beginning is it's all down to personal preference. It's kind of what works for you. Energy-wise, you're not detrimental training on empty stomach because the energy for your training does not come from your stomach. You know, digestion doesn't happen that quickly that what is in your stomach is fueling your uh, your workout. Um, not in a kind of a, an ultimately makes a difference sense. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. It all depends on how you're comfortable. Um, if your stomach is growling like a bastard while you're training, it might be a good idea to have something beforehand. But then, like I said, it ultimately rests on what time of the day you train. It's very difficult to eat something prior to training at five o'clock in the morning. Um, I do enjoy an advent calendar chocolate, given the fact it's December prior to my training at the moment. Does it make a difference? No, not really. Probably more of a placebo than anything else. Tons of would you rathers coming through. So Helen is next. Helen White on Instagram. Would you rather explore space or the ocean? Anybody that spent more than 10 seconds with me would know that space without question. Like I'm fascinated by astronomy. Uh, next up, would you rather be without elbows or knees? Um, I think given the importance of fingers and thumbs, um oh actually this is this is the question if i'm without knees does that mean that i'm also without feet if i'm without elbows does that also mean that i'm without hands this is a really interesting podcast isn't it <laughs> very much a digression from what we normally discuss so i'm going to answer this question as if it's both first things first imagining that i don't have elbows but all my arms intact so essentially my arm is just locked in place um if I could choose, I think I would rather have the ability to be mobile. And so I'd rather keep my knees and have locked arms than have locked legs. Yeah, because you could still drive that way. Oh, that actually, it's tough. It's tough. If, if it was basically you got rid of the hands and you got rid of the feet, un unquestionably, I would want to keep my uh yeah to keep my hands and get rid of my feet and my knees um because there's i think that would open more avenues to life rather than being without arms so i'm gonna say both i would rather be without knees than be without elbows what an interesting podcast this is turning into um touching on that one actually or touching on helen's questions helen then follows up with a question about where have you done uh, any formal coaching training and where does your style come from is it intuitive or learnt or both uh so have I done any formal coaching training? Well, obviously, I've done my personal training qualification. Um, I've also done nutritional qualifications. So, you know, if that counts as formal coaching, I guess in terms of learning the basics, then yes. In terms of any formal coaching training, no, it's all experience based upon 
years of working in this industry, years of working with people, um, and of course, working in the NHS with the obese and the morbidly obese. Uh, that was incredibly, more so than I guess anything else, transformative in terms of my experience and therefore knowledge. So I guess to answer the last part of that question, is it intuitive or learnt or both? Um, it, technically, it has to be a bit of both. It's it's learnt through experience um, and through kind of on-the-job training, if you will, and my own extracurricular kind of education as far as resources that I've, I've used over the years. Um, but also, like I said, in terms of experience with just working with people. You know, if you want to get to know people, then spend time with people um and it is also intuitive as well by doing that you kind of you get a sense of what people need so it's not just a blanket approach some elements need to be a blanket approach because you know there are some principles which are irrefutable but when it comes to what an individual person needs to see success it has to be intuitive based upon what you've learned from experience because everybody's different Everybody is unique and that's why when it comes to the, the people that I coach, the individuals that I coach, it needs to be more tailored to ensure that, you know, that the approach that we take is tailored for them. Now, granted, I have my Made by Moist program, which is, is not tailored for individuals, it's tailored for the group. But even that, the elements within it are based upon principles and things that I've learned over the years with working with people. Um, and then obviously, we then filter that depending on the individual. But in terms of my academy, there's a reason why I coach people individually, because everybody needs a different approach in pretty much every area of coaching. Next up, Shana on WhatsApp asks, would you rather do two hours of burpees or do 30 minutes of heavy weights whilst having raging diarrhea? I'm sorry to tell you. If this day ever comes and you're sharing the gym with me, but I would rather do 30 minutes of heavy weights with raging diarrhea than two hours of burpees. You can take your burpees and shove them up your diarrhea ass. <laughs> not you, Shana, obviously, but not a freaking chance. I am a lifter through and through, and that's how it will forever be. <laughs> Good question. Charlotte, Charlotte Parish on Facebook asks, um, goji berries, raspberry ketones and supplements. Is it all bollocks? Uh, depends on which one you're talking about. Supplements aren't bollocks. They are there to supplement your diet. Um, supplements that work are things like creatine, whey protein, multivitamins, um, omega supplements, etc. Um, greens supplements, uh, in terms of the goji berries, raspberry ketones, uh, no, no. The tangible benefits of taking or consuming these things is negligible. And nine times out of ten, they are wrapped up in some kind of pyramid marketing scheme, uh, which is more based upon making as much money as possible rather than on actual science, which is going to make a difference. And obviously, based upon how I coach, most people miss the wood through the trees and they focus so much on the last 5% to optimize results rather than focusing on the most important aspects. 
I guess the uh, the best analogy I can use with this one is think of a jar full of pebbles. Most people focus on the tiny pebbles as opposed to the big ones that take up the most amount of space. In other words, when it comes to improving your physical and mental health, first thing you need to focus on is your caloric consumption uh, and how much you move per day. Then you focus on the intricacies of you know the smaller pebbles such as exercise and um, macronutrients then you focus on things like nutrients etc but no in terms of raspberry ketones goji berries uh not fucking worth it leave them alone uh next question also from charlotte is breakfast really the most important meal of the day uh because it gets metabolism going your metabolism is always going people tend to think that when they go to sleep your metabolism shuts off but it really doesn't the most important meal of the day quote comes from one of the most successful pieces of marketing ever. And it's from Mr. Kellogg. Because Mr. Kellogg, back in the 1920s, wanted to sell more cornflakes. So they came up with the slogan, Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Uh, it was purely because they wanted to sell more cornflakes and encourage people that breakfast should be a staple in their diet. In actual fact, breakfast is purely down to, here's that term again, personal preference. If you get hungry in the morning, if you enjoy breakfast, then go for it. Ultimately, what matters when it comes to your body composition is your total caloric consumption and macronutrient consumption. Um, in terms of breakfast being important, no. You could have one giant meal each day of all of your calories, or you could have many spaced out meals. What does the science say is optimal? Well, truthfully, it doesn't matter. The reason I say that is because what's optimal in science isn't necessarily optimal for you. Case in point, I tend to miss breakfast. I have it on the days I want it. I don't have it on other days. And I get properly hungry around lunchtime. So in terms of what's optimal for me is a diet that I can consistently adhere to. In terms of what's optimal for you is the same. A diet that you can consistently adhere to. In terms of having breakfast, again, all boils down to personal preference. What is an eating structure that works for you. Obviously, if you have issues such as diabetes or you know issues with your blood sugar, etc., then it would be optimal to regulate your blood sugar with more meals, so little and often. But again, it all depends on the person. So I wouldn't want to give you a blanket statement right now to say this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. Um, but is it the most important meal of the day? No, they're all important, depending on the structure which works for you. On Instagram, Mark Chris, hello Marky Mark, asked the question, what do you do to keep yourself motivated or keeping motivated in general? Well, firstly, in general, motivation is a very specific thing to each individual. We all have different things that motivate us to do certain things. For some people, that is monetary. For others, that is health, um, physical or mental. For others, that is um, aesthetic goals, if you're talking about exercise. For others, that is strength goals. Um, you've got then going down the avenue of, of competition. Um, you've got a myriad of different things. If you were to ask me personally, what keeps me motivated? I guess it depends on what area. If you were talking about my own specific motivations surrounding, I guess, my training, 
Um, the thing, because goals and motivation are two different things. You've got your goals and then you've got your motivation. For me, my ultimate goals are obviously, uh, I think I've touched on these in a previous podcast. Uh, they are obviously aesthetic, first and foremost. Um, and then, of course, you've got the health aspect, both in terms of physical and mental health. Um, and then, of course, that kind of wraps up in terms of, you know, being around for my children and making sure that I'm in the best possible condition for them. In terms of what keeps me motivated, the thing that keeps me plugging away on the mornings when I don't want to do it is remembering how shit I feel when I don't do it. Um, remembering the feeling of of not getting it done and of not only losing progress, but also that feeling of disappointment within myself. So I guess one of the biggest motivators for me is discipline. It's that kind of the thing that gets me in there is I want to be a disciplined person. I want to be someone that gets it done, that fulfills that commitment and, you know, does the hard thing, not because they're told to, but because they choose to. So I guess take from that one what you will, but that's my own personal motivation anyway. Plus, of course, I do use all of you guys on social media um, as a nice little accountability tool but I wouldn't necessarily say that is a, a motivation or a motivator but you know holding myself accountable to you guys and setting a good example for everybody that I coach and am yet to coach is also another factor you know I, I, I'm a big believer in walking the walk you know I won't tell anybody to do something that I'm not prepared to do uh, except burpees so class goers no I ain't doing them but you can do them <laughs> Caroline on WhatsApp asks, do you have to have your five a day? Uh, how much do you focus on healthy eating, whole grains, whole foods, etc.? Firstly, do you need your five a day? No, that is just a, a simple government guideline that is put in place um, because people don't get enough vitamins, minerals, etc. But if you have a decent diet and you are prioritizing the health of your diet, particularly surrounding your main meals then you are going to naturally consume enough nutrients, vitamins, minerals, etc. You can also help that by consuming something like a multivitamin. Uh, second part of that question was how much do you focus on healthy eating? Uh, I focus on healthy eating and satiating or satiety eating. So my biggest priority first and foremost is calories and protein because of my own personal goals, not just body composition, but well, Actually, I guess, yeah, body composition because you need the protein to develop the muscle. So in other words, I don't want to do all the work in the gym and then not have the building blocks to be able to support that. From a healthy eating perspective, whole grains, whole foods, no, I don't tend to focus on, on whole grains. I like to prioritize good sources of protein where my meats, etc., are concerned. But no, in terms of whole grains, etc., uh, my di digestive system's in pretty good nick and... I'm a big believer in not spinning too many plates because if you do that, you end up losing your enjoyment for the thing you're doing in the first place. It's better to be mostly in control than it is to strive to be completely in control and the whole lot falls by the wayside. Case in point, if I truly optimize my diet, I would be swapping out my carbohydrates for whole grains and I wouldn't be eating certain foods. But then that would make my diet very restrictive. I wouldn't have a good quality of life. That would then affect my mental health. So as far as a diet is concerned, it isn't just about the physical. It's about the mental as well. Because if you enjoy your diet 
and it's you know 80% healthy, then you're going to find yourself in a position where you're naturally in a healthier position, not just physically, but mentally. But if you strive to be 90 or 100% healthy with your diet, then that's going to detriment you mentally. Hence why I teach the approach that I do of, of balance and sustainability, because, of course, we want to make sure that whatever you're doing enables a better quality of life and supports a good quality of life rather than just focusing purely on you know is my diet the most optimal that it can be because ultimately what's the reason we're doing all this for a better quality of life to feel better within ourselves to feel better about what we do to feel better about you know how we live to enjoy our lives ultimately um with both good physical health and good mental health so it's a balancing act you can't master one because if you master one you detriment the other you have to spin both plates but in a ratio which is acceptable and satisfying to you and ladies and gents that brings us round to the end of this special episode of the podcast i want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you that sent your questions through uh do keep them coming because i think it would be quite fun to add in a little bit of a q a section every now and then to the end of a podcast so keep your questions coming i'll continue to kind of bank them in my uh, my podcast bank ready to kind of answer them so yeah keep them coming i want to give you guys your shout outs on the podcast and like i said just enable a little bit of an extra bit of fun at the end of each episode but i hope you've enjoyed this one something a little bit different and most importantly when you are going forwards into every future episode and every future day in your life particularly going forwards into the festive season that is upon us uh, and the end of this year most importantly continue to accept the things of which you cannot change have the courage to go out and change the things that you can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I promise you, by following that, as I've done for so many years, but really put into action these last few, you're gonna be more content. You're gonna have a better quality of life. And ultimately, how you feel in your own mind is what matters. Because these are your seconds, your minutes, your hours, your days, your weeks, your months, and your years. So over to you folks. Thank you as always for your time. Thank you as always for your support. And I look forward to seeing you on the 101st episode. Toodles. <laughs>